caught us mid-sentence again. <laughs> Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad that we get to be back here again for our weekly wrap-up for your kick-ass career. Um, hi to everyone joining us out there live. Um, if you are joining us live, I encourage you to drop in the comments where you are joining from. If you are joining us in replay, we thank you for doing so, and we are glad you are here as well. Louise, what's going on? Happy Friday. Oh, happy Friday, indeed. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yes. Um, how's the how's the week? If we look back um, and reflect on the week, how did you do, Kim, this week on your intentions? Um, well, I actually had to look back at my intentions because um, I forgot <laughs> what they were, which happens, and I'm human, and I make those mistakes, I guess. I don't know. I am fallible. Um, I, I actually did fairly well on my intentions. I think when I set them this week, I, I set a plan in, in action that helped me stick with it all week. So I really, um, my intention for the week was to find ways to simplify, to mm -hmm. look for systems and processes in particular, um, that I was creating a bottleneck for myself, um, and doing more than I needed to do. Um, so I, um, I didn't just spend the week looking for those things, but I was just really aware of where mm -hmm. I was bottlenecking things. And so making notes of ways that I might want to do it differently, having conversations with people that can help, um, and just finding ways to simplify. So how about yourself, Louise? How did you do in your intentions? Um, I was very intentional about being intentional. Um, especially around like doing some really deep work. So, you know, those things that are important yet somehow you push them off your calendar over and over again. This week was about, um, kind of resurfacing that and, and concentrating on some of these, um, really important things that are getting pushed to the bottom. So that was kind of where I was at and I did some great things. I worked with someone um, much like you, get a little help on keeping me focused on some uh, important goals. And then I also participated in something called Cave Day, um, which was a lot of fun and really just honing in and having some co-working space and co-working time uh, around um, just undistracted, really creative, deep work. So um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, actually. And that was Cave Day. That sounds, I mean... <laughs> Right. We think when I think of caves now, like, you know, man caves, woman caves, person caves, whatever it is, is it that idea of kind of creating your a cave for yourself, not in terms of, you know, watching stuff on a big screen, but caving yourself in so that you can stay focused? Yeah. And you know what else um, is great about a cave? There is no um, service. So you're oh, right. No distractions. Um, and so that was a big part of it, too, is that um, trying to um, exercise my indistractable muscles as well. How, tell me more about how you did that, because that fascinates me. <laughs> Literally, I took the phone and I threw it into the chair over there. Okay. Fair. Um, <laughs> I have a chair in my office. I could do that. <laughs> simple, right? It's these simple things that we often forget, but really paying attention. So when I was when I was in that focus space this week, 
Um, my email app was closed. Only the tabs that I needed were open and the programs that I needed on the computer were open. My phone was across the room, um, right? And my door was closed so that the laundry in the hall wasn't calling my name. Um, and so I did kind of cave it up and um, I got some really great work done. Oh, I love that. I might have to figure out how to do that like once a month, just turn everything because I think that, you know, it's so easy to be distracted mm -hmm. and by creating some boundaries and some intentions on how to create a cave for yourself to stay in that place of focus. Yeah. I love that. Love yeah. That a lot. I'd love to hear folks um, are doing anything similar, practicing their indistractable um, ways. And so put those in the comments. I'd love to hear um, how, yeah, I know it's a little off topic, but uh, I'd love to hear what other people are doing too. Well, I think it's super important, right? Uh, regardless of whether uh, you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, or, or you work for somebody else, um, having, or even, you know, how we define work, right? This isn't necessarily work for pay, whatever you're doing, but creating that opportunity to create uh, an indistractable time for yourself. I, I love that. Love yeah. that. Louise, what are we talking about today? The compensation game. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> like I want game show music, the compensation game. Behind door number one, two, or three. You can have pay, <laughs> benefits, or <laughs> guess what? <laughs> or, what? or what else? Yeah. Well, what is the other that, thing you want? Yeah. And I think that was kind of part of, you know, some of the conversation that I wanted to have with you today, Kim, is kind of around like there's all these areas of compensation, I think, that um, are all part of like the package. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm curious to know some of um, your thoughts around like what wouldn't when you hear about folks wanting more compensation, what are some of the things that kind of bubble to the surface uh, for you and your clients? Yeah, I mean, pay is the big one, right? Money is the is a really, really big one. Um, I will say that for my clients and from what I've seen from studies, a, a growing um, concern around compensation actually is around um, flexibility. Mm. So building in opportunities for flexibility, and that definitely came through the number of people who were doing work from home and being able to, as we've talked about on a couple of episodes, the idea of, you know, fitting work into your life versus your life into your work. Um, so creating that um, flexibility, something like 82% of U.S. employees um, will value um, flexibility over higher salary. Mm -hmm. Fascinating and very telling right now. The other thing is recognition. Um, so while it may not be part of a compensation package, I know that recognition is another big part of what um, employees are looking for. Um, but traditionally, when you think about what your compensation package is, it's it it's the tangibles, right? It's the here is your pay, here are your other benefits. And so you couldn't build flexibility into that. I think there's some really interesting ways of saying, you know, I want to build recognition into my compensation package. Like this is how it'll be recognized. Is it through pay? Is it through merit flexibility? Is it through, I mean, how do you want to be recognized? Right. Um, beyond um, kind of the more traditional ways of, of asking for recognition. Like, I, did I do a good job? 
<laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's all part of that growth and, and kind of your retention and longevity at an organization, too, is to make sure that that company is um, allowing you the opportunity to grow. And then you and your company together defining what growth, what rewards come from growth. So, you know, if if it's all on if it's all on like the title and the, the name on the door, um, that's that's one way to be recognized. But there's also so many other ways to be recognized as well. And so getting to getting to the core of what that means to you, I think, is so important. It opens up some great conversations with organizations. Yeah, I love that idea of co-creating it, right? It's like, yeah. what what do you need? What Because let's, let's be real, we are all humans. And I've talked about it before, and we'll talk about it a million times again, is like, we need to have our autonomous lives. Mm-hmm. And our, as our autonomous lives go into the workplace, um, we need to be able to say what it is that we want and need. Likewise, those who are running the organization have that ability to say, this is what we have the ability to do and give and to co-create that together, I think has the opportunity to really start to develop develop compensation package, full compensation packages that meet the individuals where they are versus saying, this is our chart of what's available. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I feel like I always felt like those charts were... um, it made me feel like chattel or, or cattle or something. it made me feel like property in a way. It was like, I'm trading for this thing in these boxes and you're going to tell me based on this, what I'm, you know, how, how I'm being compensated for the work I do versus I'm a human being bringing my expertise and skills and knowledge right. to this organization because I want to create something in this organization along with other people what is, how are you going to compensate me for that? Right. And, and at the end of the day, it is an exchange, right? Mm-hmm. At, the, at its most simplest form, it's like uh, me as an employee is putting something out there. And so what's the exchange? What am I getting back? And the, the value of that exchange, <laughs> guess where I'm going? <laughs> The value of that exchange is all it is absolutely based. It starts here. It starts with you. Um, mm-hmm. it, you need to know your value. And so, well, you need to know your values. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You need to know your value, um, both understanding your expertise, what you bring to an organization, as well as what the market is going on around you. Like right now we're seeing some incredible things happen in the world of work. And so when you are asking for um, a raise, a promotion, or you're evaluating job offers, um, I think that that kind of planning and research is so very important um, to to start to give that foundation um, and start co-creating that and having that conversation. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're talking about that idea of negotiating, right? And I think it's, there's, there's, really three key opportunities to negotiate. There's your opportunity to negotiate when you take a new position or when you're, when you're looking at a new position, there's an opportunity to negotiate when you're in midstream of that, uh, of the position that you've taken, that should be on an ongoing basis, right? This should not be a one and done conversation where you go in every year, every two years, every three years, and then ask for a raise. This 
compensation, how I am how I am showing up in my position, what I am providing in service to the organization, how it can that change what my compensation looks like and, and right again, co-creating that together. Um, read into this that I do not agree with being paid for time. Um, like I think that when we sign a contract saying, and this is obviously for salaried positions, however, and this could be another conversation for another day. I don't believe anybody should be paid hourly. I think everybody should be paid salary. And like, that's a whole thing that I could go down. But the, the idea being that when you have your job, you have an ongoing conversation about compensation, right? Yeah. And then you have another opportunity when you leave an organization. What is the separation agreement between the two of you, right? very often we just assume we're done and we get our final paycheck and we're done but how could you negotiate that differently for yourself right right yeah. um so having the, those times for negotiation are in there what you mentioned knowing your value what are some of the other things that you think are important when you're in those times of negotiation well i think you know when we talk about um knowing your value it's also knowing your growth and your opportunity as well right and so it's not just like present value it's like what's your future value as well when you start a new role um, at a new organization like that's the foundation usually for all of your subsequent percentage raises that you will see in the future or what those bonuses could look like and so I think giving some time, giving some thought and some time into like, um, it, it, you're not just negotiating for, for, for you, for your present self, but you're also negotiating, you're setting yourself up for success for your future self as well. Um, you know, I, we're seeing like, there's all kinds of stats out there around folks who do leave their current role to go to a new uh, company and, um, you, you said 10 to 20 percent um, yeah. increase. Um, I, I saw numbers around 8 percent. So somewhere I think it's a little bit in that, you know, 8, 10, 15 percent. Um, and I often I'm often very curious around um, this idea of like, is it worth it to um, to pursue a new opportunity for for that? Are you going to be 10 percent happier uh, are you going to have 10% more flexibility? Are you going to right? like, there's all of these other things that get so wrapped up into that, um, that is often, um, we just rely on the, um, the monetary compensation, um, as well. So some of the other things too, right? Like, and there's a whole list of criteria, I think that as, as someone going into a negotiation, either to stay or to go, Right. You get to negotiate that first time, um, that first salary uh, option and, and all of those negotiables that go along with that. Um, but it's really, yeah, understanding um, your expertise, your worth and your future worth as well. Um, hold into that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So the, the stats that I saw um, is that it, it talks about the the benefit to to your compensation for leaving 
generally means that you will see anywhere from a 10 to 20% increase, at least in the United States. It could be different here in Canada. And that if you stay for a pay raise, if you receive annual pay raises, you can get up to approximately 5%. Now, I know in the States, very often it's a 3% standard of living increase. So it's not even hitting that 5%. Whereas if you leave, it very often costs the company even more to bring on your replacement. So it's somewhere around a third, so around 30 to 35% of your current salary is what the company is going to have to pay to replace you. So if, again, you're getting 10 to 20% more salary by leaving. They're having to pay though 30 to 33% to replace you. So where's that you know remaining stuff going? Well, to benefits for sure, to the search, right? Mm-hmm. All of the things an organization is going to have to outlay to replace you. So what is the benefit to an organization to not give you a higher pay raise to get you to stay, right? A retention raise. Right. Or um, or a, bo- a retention bonus. Or like, a retention bonus. Right. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of uh, conversation in, in, the, in the world of work right now to say, you know, as companies struggle through um, through this um, great resignation and the the shortage of labor they're currently seeing, um, it is it could be very beneficial for certain companies to uh, to pay for folks to stay. Um, but I think that whole it all comes back to to like all of those things. Um, to, to consider, right? If an organization isn't able to, to pay you, right, that 30 or 35% or whatever that, that looks like, um, think about other things um, and other negotiables that might be um, worthy of, of communicating, right? That flexibility in your work time um, or, you know, your vacation or, or whatever that could look like too. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned some of the trends, right, that, that we're seeing out there. And definitely um, this idea of looking at retention bonuses or retention restructuring, uh, pay restructuring, um, adding additional flexibility in, um, you know, I already mentioned the statistic from the United States of 82% of individuals wanting more flexibility in their jobs moving forward. Pay t- transparency is another big part of it because, right, we have this whole um, fairness and equitability issue. <laughs> <laughs> Political change over here. Um, we have we have some serious um, fairness and equitability issues um, and pay transparency, and that this, there are certain laws that are going into place. Um, they may not go enough yet to to start right. getting to that place of equity, but they are at least stepping in that direction, and and I believe creating some momentum around the. Um, the advocacy that we can take as employees, right? If we are going out to find a job, who has the information on what the company can afford to pay you? The company does. So if the company asks you straight out, and this is a negotiation technique as well, if the if the company asks you to give them your salary needs, I, I highly discourage doing that because it's the company that has the information and they need to start with some some um, transparency around what they've actually allocated for this position. Right. Um, 
and to let you know, because if it doesn't fit in with you, why should you, right? If, if you think that you're going in for a position that's going to be $100,000 a year and they're coming back and saying, no, we have only allocated $30,000. Thank you, but I'm that's not going to work for my life. Right. Yeah. Um, instead of falling in love with each other, it's like, right. It's that dating is falling in love with each other and then finding out your cousins and you're like, I can't marry you now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it is, it is really interesting too. And there's a lot of, um, you know, when you think about pay transparency, um, we don't talk about our salary in, in, a, in an open way. And that, you know, that is all part of those money stories that we had talked about previously in an episode two. Episode two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right back at the beginning, where, um, you know, us letting go of some of those money stories, um, and not not getting so attached to the value, our value um, to money um, can go a long way. Um, it, you know, and I think too, that's, traditionally women struggle with negotiation, uh, especially around salary and compensation, um, because we do attach a lot of our own value to that. And we undervalue ourselves consistently over and over and over again. So we under negotiate salary. Well, and it's interesting when you think about it, I was actually having a conversation the other day about how women value themselves, but, and this was coming out of uh, entrepreneurial space, but I think it absolutely speaks into how we value ourselves in the workplace as well, historically, and not so historically, currently, Um, really this idea that, you know, um, our worth outside of the workplace came without compensation, Right. right? The work that we did and the work that we do outside of the workplace comes without compensation mm-hmm. and is devalued across the board. And so if we come into this from a place of, well, my work is already devalued, how do we start to build that muscle to, to know that, that our work has value and then not be seen as a bitch? Like that's the other part, right? Because when we start pushing, we hear that very often. Oh, well, she was pushy. She she was a little big, bringing her big in her britches. And um, and I know it's not just women, but I will say that there is that historical perspective um, that women have to deal with in the workplace um, because it hasn't been that long in the history of the world that we have right. been in the workplace and not at the levels that we are at um, currently. Right. Uh, you know, I think a, a tip for for many when when we do go into negotiations, really of any kind, um, you know, we're not just talking about compensation and salary, um, is to be very um, factual based, right? Like, and really stick, really do your research, be very prepared, and really do stick to the to the facts, um, and that that will benefit you. Um, that will benefit you greatly. Um, and, and also know that, you know, it's not a conversation. I just can't stress that enough. Like it's not one and done. It's not something that you go in and right. And, and it's a list of demands and it's like, right. And, and the company says, uh, no, sorry. Right. And then what, right. What's your, what's your, your best alternative to, to no, um, no solution really. No agreement. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, so it's interesting because so j just quickly with the um, not a one and done conversation, understanding the budget cycle of your organization mm -hmm. is huge because if they just completed a budget cycle and then you're going in a month or two later or even a week or two later, it's generally too late to get into that budget cycle. So starting a conversation, give yourself a long runway, talk to a number of people that can be your advocate really can set you up for success. But you're right, Louise, it's not, it's, it, there are many times when you go in for, um, for to negotiate, renegotiate your compensation package. And it's like, nope, we're not going to do that. Um, I think for, for me, and it's just like when you, when you don't get a job, right? When you go in for an interview and you don't get a job, asking the follow-up questions is key. Mm -hmm. Right. Because there's some key learnings there. Um, and I wrote some down so I didn't forget which ones I wanted to bring up. So it's um, what is the concern? Right. Understanding what is the organizational or the managerial concern with giving you uh, with with changing up your compensation? Um, why wasn't it possible? You know, what are the actual reasons, the logistical reasons? Is it because you're, of where we are in the budget cycle? Is it something because of my performance? Is it you know, because you're looking at growing something else, is it because the, the company is having problems, right? Yeah. What are what are those places and what are the reasons? Um, w one that I love is particularly if the person you talk to isn't the ultimate decision maker, right? So if you go to your manager and your manager has to go up the food chain um, to find out, or if you go to HR and they have to talk to people and figure it out, um, how can I, right, as the employee, how can I help you make my case, right? What other information can I provide to you to make my case? Because very often it gets lost in translation. Right. And then the last question that I would say is what can we do to get this to be more plausible in the future? Right, absolutely. Because oftentimes it's, it's that... Um, we don't have or haven't asked for that transparency into our career growth because that's really at the end of the day when you're when you go in and you're asking for compensation, you're saying my growth, what I bring to the table today is different than right when you hired me or the last time I got a raise or whatever that is. And so really understanding like those tangible things that you are doing or not doing if you haven't you know, met that next level or met that expectation and really be very clear with your leader on that action path forward. I don't know how many times in the last, I would say, six months that I've talked to clients when I talk to them about their career path and what they want next. My very next question is, have you said that to your leader? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how do people know? How do people know what you want until it comes out of your mouth and you let somebody know what you want? Yeah. Um, if your career goal is to get to director, right? VP, senior VP, whatever it is, have you said it out loud mm -hmm. uh, to someone who can help you make that happen? Um, and so, if you're not clear on what that is, that's okay. 
find the like work with people work internally work work with your manager find a coach to work with find some way to start to identify where you actually want to go yeah because if you don't know where you want to go it does get reflected in your compensation because you're just going to continue to get your your um, standard of living increases and nothing else yeah yeah absolutely um so very interesting um I was curious if you had any resources for folks around uh, compensation, because I feel like it can be kind of a bit of a crunchy place, right? Something that we don't do often. Yeah. Um, so I know that there are some really good um, books out there, in particular, the, some of the books that we, and I'll um, list them again, the, the mindset books around money are where mm -hmm. I would start, right? Because redeveloping your relationship with money, I think is um, is key to understanding, again, your your worth. And and one of them is called Know Your Worth. And I will include that in the in the show notes. Louise, is there any, are there any that you have specifically that are on this idea of negotiating and compensation? Yeah, so specifically there's one, um, there's this great book, Getting to Yes, um, that I highly recommend. Um, and it's really, it's about getting to yes in like all areas of your life, right? Like we're not just talking about knowing your value at work. We're talking about knowing your value at home and in your relationships too. And negotiating is something we actually do all the time, including with ourselves. Um, but that's a, that's a really great book. And I also, um, know there's some great LinkedIn learning, um, courses out there too, mm -hmm. Um, that can just help you start to reframe um, that idea of value, that idea of negotiating, negotiating negotiables, uh, what that all can look like. And um, I think, you know, even freshening up um, on your skills before you're ready to go have that conversation, I think is so important. It's a, it's a planned conversation. It's usually not something you want to have off the cuff. So put some time uh, and some energy behind um, preparing for what it is that you want to ask. Yeah. Well, and I love what you had said earlier and definitely work with my clients on, on getting to that place of fact, right? Because very often these conversations are fueled by feeling. And when we, when we enter a conversation that is fueled by feeling, we don't generally, uh, or excuse me, we do generally come in with a bunch of stories with ourselves. Um, our mindset isn't always in that place of if it doesn't happen, it's okay. Um, and I don't, when I say it's okay, I'm not saying like, oh yeah, they didn't give me my raise and I'll just go back to doing work as, as I was. That's why I suggested those questions is yeah. right. You really need to identify, is it okay that you didn't get the, the compensation workout that you're looking for now with this organization, or is this now a signal to you should I stay or should I go? Right. As we talked about last week, yeah. um, just because you don't get a, a, a pace uh, increase or a change in benefits um, doesn't necessarily mean you have to leave the organization. There could be a reason that could make sense to you. If it's a reason that's not in alignment with your values, however, then maybe you want to have that thought. But yeah, getting to that place where you're entering the conversation from fact instead of feeling yeah. huge. Yeah, so huge. Um, and then what, what golden nuggets did you have this week, Louise? In this conversation? Um, I really, I think for me, the thing that stands out the most is that it is a co-created 
uh, conversation. Um, no, that's not even true. It's co-created conversations, mm -hmm. um, plural, right? And so I think we often think we need to come in with all the answers, come in with a, a solution, come in with a with a hard demand, and that's not at all. Um, that doesn't benefit anybody. So being co-created, involving um, those folks that need to be involved in the negotiation, in the negotiation, and you talk it out, right? That's there's some back and forth um, that uh, that goes on at the UN. So there should be some back and forth that goes on um, with you and your leadership too. Touchy space right now. Um, <laughs> Just saying that one might be a little touchy for some people. Um, yeah, for me, it was, I loved the concept of knowing your future value, right? Mm -hmm. um, I talked about the, the replacement value, um, but really that idea of what is your future value? I'm not negotiating just for today. I'm negotiating for my future self as well. Um, and you don't necessarily know all of what you're going to your future self is going to know but you definitely need to invite her to the party to to be part of that conversation from the beginning right yeah. i mean in my opinion she should be there all along with you but <laughs> that's you know it's it's up to you how often you have those conversations um so we have something exciting happening next week do you remember Oh, before, um, we, before we get into that, I, we didn't invite people to tell us their golden nuggets. Oh. Please drop your golden nuggets in from today's conversation in um, the comments. If you are watching this on replay, you can still do the same thing. We, we do read all the comments um, and or you can direct message us. However, if you're listening to us on audio, it's a little harder, right? The audio, we do have an audio only replay um, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a little harder, but you can still send us comments. And we do <laughs> Well, and give some thought, at, at least if you're not sharing with us, um, give some thought uh, for that for yourself. And what is it that you're going to take in? Uh, folks tune in to us every week. Um, so what's that golden nugget that you're going to take into your next week um, for yourself too? Um, excited for next week? Um, well, we have some summer hours coming up. So uh, just uh, trying some different times on Friday because here we are and Summer's not that long in Canada. I don't know if you know this, Kim. Summer's not that long in Canada. So we have to take it. Yeah, I'm learning that. That's a little, you know, I thought coming from Chicago and from the Northeast, I'm like, oh, I got this. It's like, wow, you cross over the border and suddenly you get a shirt. <laughs> so yes, Louise and I are taking full advantage of the summers and we are going to be knocking off a little early for ourselves and our businesses on the weekends um, starting Friday afternoons. So we will be coming, what did we say? It's uh, so next Friday, June 17th. What time are we coming? Yeah. One central. Um, that would be 11 Eastern Pacific. And 11 Pacific. Um, topic. Um, one I love to talk about um, is that permission to fail. Yeah. <sighs> it's good stuff. It yeah. is. I, I, I'm just going to put this in here as just a little teaser. Um, one of the best things about working for a Montessori school for almost a decade was being in a place that it literally was a mistake making place. Like the whole purpose of, of learning through process is 
making mistakes so you can learn. <laughs> and so having this permission to fail, I would <laughs> never work there. I would never, I could never work there. As no? a recovering perfectionist, um, I have struggled a long time to lean into uh, this permission to fail. Uh, and it comes with some hiccups along the way. And so, oh, uh, you're making me sweat. It's not the weather. Um, it's that whole, <laughs> it's that whole idea of it could be something uh, else. Oh, or it could be something else. Um, <laughs> Silly. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to talking about it too. And, and clearly we will be coming at it from two directions. <laughs> Whereas this conversation seemed to mostly be a, a similar conversation. Similar conversation. <laughs> so, um, well, we hope that you had um, some good brain thoughts, some good golden nuggets, brain thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I apparently am super ready for summer hours because that was not a brain. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope that you had some good golden nuggets out of today's conversation that you can implement, read about, think about. Uh, save me here, Louise. Uh, well, on uh, we're going out with a laugh. So it's that's a great way to wrap up a week um, is to put a little laughter in, uh, in our day. Um, I wish everyone a fantastic week. Can't wait to tune in and talk about uh, our next topic. Uh, around failure. Uh, so yeah, uh, have a good one, everyone. Take care. You too. Enjoy your uh, weekend camping. <laughs> All right. Bye, Bye for everyone. Now. Bye for now. <laughs>